Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, Nine volumes of which are available at Amazon in ebook and paperback. And if you prefer audio format, one through eight available at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. And don't forget my latest book, UFO Sightings and Encounters, Volume One, W.J. Sheehan. Folks, go out and buy a copy or two and make this old dog very happy. And now, May I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Bill. We just had some big thunderstorms roll through here in North Carolina. They might be heading your way, so... Ay, 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 ay. Batten down the hatches. Yeah. They're always entertaining, aren't they? They are. We had uh, some spectacular sky color tonight, too, so it... The storms hit um, probably around 5 o'clock, and it got pitch dark, which shouldn't be pitch dark this time of the year at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then they came through, a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning, not enough rain because we need some more rain. And then when the sun was going down, it was like this bright orange all around you, you know, when it reflects off of all the clouds around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it turned this, like, really funky, deep purple color after the orange subsided. I, wow. I haven't seen anything like it. It was pretty spectacular. Yeah, the, uh, the palette is never-ending for skies and sunsets and sunrises. Yeah, and it was one of those cool ones where the sun was obstructed by the clouds after the storm, so you really saw, like, the reflection all around to the north, south, and east, rather than just seeing it in the west. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I was out bass fishing one night at Cupsog Beach. Oh, yeah. I love that and, beach. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, sunset was upon us, and the entire sky started to glow yellow. Whoa. And I stood there, it must have been at least a half an hour, maybe longer, just like soaking it in. I mean, everything was glowing yellow, the sand, the surface of the water, the sky, the dunes. It was incredible. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, uh, folks, if you're tuning into our podcast for the first time, my brother and I kick it around a little bit, and then we do a segment in the beginning called cryptids in the news and other oddities where typically we're discussing anything beyond the norm if you will 
And then we break into a section generally on Bigfoot, and we end our podcast reading the mail that you, our listeners, send in to us. So that's kind of the gist of it. And uh, knowing that now, Kev, what do we have in our cryptids in the news and other oddities segment tonight? Yeah, man, tonight we're going to get the creep on. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a yeah, this is a creepy cryptid that I know that you know, but we haven't covered it yet. I went back and checked, and uh, we haven't covered it. So these are called the pale crawlers. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. The, as, uh, as long <laughs> as they're not talking perfect Latin in reverse, I'm okay <laughs> with them. <laughs> I don't think you're. I don't think you're okay with them, by the way. <laughs> and the most famous image of a pale crawler is known as the rake. Um, so if you ever seen that one, kind of, you usually see them like, oh, it's a it's a humanoid looking creature with arms and legs. Usually they're seen kind of crouched down on all fours. Um, they have very very pale skin hairless, uh, you know, not wearing clothing or anything, and absolutely hairless and looking quite emancipated. So, you know, emaciated, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, in their appearance. And they're pretty small, I would say about five feet tall if they were standing upright, but they're usually seen kind of on all fours in a hunched over position, and that's how they get the name of both pale and crawler. Wow. So if we yeah. look a little close. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've seen some pictures of them, which I guess are like renditions. And they're very spindly looking and nasty, yes. like little skinny gnomes or something. Yeah, a little like pale demons to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> told you you were going to get the creep on, so... Uh, <laughs> And if you look more closely at their faces, of course they have these sunken black eyes. Yeah, what's with, with that? With no pupils. Yeah. And if you're able, in some of the accounts, to see their teeth, they seem to have a very, uh, a very large mouth of sharp teeth. That's and, freaking uh, weird. They, and they don't typically have a nose that you can see. Great. So they have like a rat mouth, yes, an alien freaking nose, and uh, black-eyed children gaze. <laughs> May I borrow your telephone? Yeah, yeah. How as about far this? as I know, these creatures don't <laughs> use the telephone. Yeah, yeah. How about hitting a rake with a rake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, pretty creepy, and their head is almost like triangular if you look at it in the images. So, like, the chin is kind of the bottom point, and then the top of their head is kind of flat-like. So think of it like a triangle, upside-down <laughs> triangle looking at you. Great. <laughs> Everything you've said so far is so appealing to me, I can't tell you. I told you we were getting a creep on. You know me, I don't disappoint. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, and by the way, you don't usually <laughs> see them in the middle of the day. Uh, Usually it's in the dark of the night. Yeah. 
And you know what my opinion is about things in the dark. All of that crap is demonic. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the way it is, man. Anything that has to do with uh, dirty deeds in the darkest of night or in dark houses, dark basements, you know, all of that stuff comes from a bad place, man. But, I mean, you're talking about in the cryptid space, right? Yeah, yeah, or I mean, any. If Martha's out in my backyard <laughs> going out for the night, she's not a demon dog. Right. Although sometimes she behaves like a demon dog. <laughs> black dog, black <laughs> backyard, you know. Black Labrador retrievers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out yeah, she at can... night. Well, look at that. I'm sure Martha could do some damage if she got her hackles up and didn't like you. Yeah, and if you had a hamburger in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she'd wrestle you to the ground And the only thing being missing would be Your back pocket of your Levi's And a hamburger And the Whopper with cheese <laughs> Oh, that's funny So, uh, where, so that where have is these the, rakes, oh, go ahead. Where have these rakes been seen? So they've been seen in North America And Australia that's unusual. Yeah, so hanging out with the Yowies, apparently. Yowie! Wow, man. Yeah, but there's a there's an incident here, too, that I found that I want to cover, a specific incident. Okay. So this is called the Lake Camelot Pale Crawler Incident. Okay. Uh-huh. And this, is, this took place southwest of Peoria, Illinois, so... Kind of in the southwestern corner of the state of Illinois, here in the United States, and it mm-hmm. occurred on October 27th of 2017. So not that long ago. And what's with the Southern Illinois, man? That's a hotbed for a lot, a lot of weirdness, of man. Over there. Boy, oh boy. And I just drove through there a couple of weeks ago, as you know. Yeah. Late at night, but I did. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't see a pale crawler. Did you stop for a little bite to eat on the side of the road with your headlights on? No, I didn't, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) But but in in this account, the witness, whose name was Josh, was walking through a trail in the woods with some friends around a small lake there, uh, southwest of Peoria, called Lake Camelot. And it was at 10 p.m., And uh, they're walking along the trail, and they normally never see anything. Like, this is a place where they they normally go. And they say, you know, it wasn't like a paved trail in a park, but a little bit wider than a game trail. Um, But they had walked along there many times. And um, Josh was walking with his friends, and he had a flashlight. But he had the only flashlight. And he was pointing it to the left as they were walking along this trail. And he wasn't really paying attention to the path in front of him. Because, again, they always walk along here, so they don't normally see anything. And one of his friends, like, let out a big gasp uh, who was looking forward on the trail. And he looked over with the flashlight where his friend was looking and was shocked to see that something was crouched down on the edge of the trail. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. And he said that the thing on the left side of the trail, facing in in his direction, 
appeared to be very alert and frozen when it saw that we saw it. Wow. Yeah. And uh, here's the good part, if that's not good enough. Of course, neither Josh or his friends saw it move, but they decided they better run back the way they came from. <laughs> yeah, probably a pr- pretty good piece of thin in there, Bubba Louie. Pretty good <laughs> call. But And this thing was, uh, they thought it would be about four or five feet tall if it was standing upright, but it was about three feet tall in this crouched position with its front hands or whatever they are on the ground. You know, and who knows what something nasty like this what its capabilities may or may not be. Well, who knows, Bill? You know, I mean, maybe it could leap at you like a, a bullfrog on the side of a pond and uh, bite you in the throat or something, you know? Yeah. Boy, oh boy. And, and Josh gives a pretty detailed description, you know, relatively uh, detailed description of it. He said it has gray-skinned. Pretty small, you know, about four to five feet tall, crouched down, and its arms were very defined and muscular seeming. Oh. And he said, as opposed to those that are super skinny, like the the online pictures he's seen of alien beings. Okay. And he said it had five fingers on its human-like arms. Huh. And he said the legs were described as less human-like. Although Josh could never make out the feet of the creature. Wow, that's really freaky, and, man. And you mentioned, Bill, that it, what if it leapt up like a frog? Yeah. He said the legs were described, like you said, less human-like, and the shape and direction in which the legs were pointed reminded him of frog's legs. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I can envision that. Yeah. D- that kind of jackrabbit stance you know like yeah you know the power like is a in the dog bit. man or a frog yeah oh man and, dog uh, man again he said it was completely hairless and he described the head as an upside down trapezoid hmm. so similar to me saying the triangle only it had yeah. a flat bottom yeah yeah wow and man Josh, yeah so he said the eyes were completely black like i said earlier but he thinks that it lacked a mouth. But he admits that it could be wrong. He could be wrong because he didn't look at it for that long. Mm-hmm. Well, coming from a, a, a kind of a gaping mouth with a lot of sharp teeth to no mouth, uh, that's kind of a, a, a stretch. But yeah, but who you knows? see that in some of the some of the various descriptions. Some say uh-huh. like you know a tight mouth, tightly closed mouth. Some say no mouth. Some say a mouth full of very sharp teeth. So, who knows? Yeah, well, it's like one of them horror movies. And not that I'm into horror movies, but, you know, something's standing there. And then all of a sudden the mouth opens and it's full of all kinds of jagged, snarling teeth. Exactly. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to have your mouth hanging over like a panting wolf uh, to have uh, big choppers in there, you know? One hundred percent. Well, that's that creepy, is the Jim. good old pale crawler, that gray kind of translucent skin, completely hairless, 
upside down triangle, trapezoidal oh. head. Uh, and, and you know black what? Black eyes with no uh, pupils. Unbelievable. And Southern Illinois. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling Southern Illinois is not giving up easy, bro. Now, there's a lot of UFO reports down there, too. Yeah. All kinds of activity over there. Yeah. And then, of and course, so- up in northern Illinois near O'Hare, you got Mothman. Yeah. And I'm surprised I don't get uh, more uh, uh, darts thrown at my proverbial board, if you will, with phone calls reporting things from that area. Yeah, it's true. And speaking of reporting things, I don't know if you recall, Kev, you read uh, listener mail from a fellow named Scott who had some kind of encounter. And what did he say? Skelgum? Washington? Oh, yeah, Washington. Skellum or something like that. Skellum, something like that. I'm still uncertain as to the name. Well, uh, Scott heard the podcast and he reached back out to me with his phone number. And uh, just briefly, at the time, he was a teenager and his family had 22 acres in the woods uh, in Washington with a house, a barn, and he had what he called a utility trailer. I think he meant like a little mobile trailer because him and his bud used to hang out in there like their own little private, uh, you know, kid cave yeah, we well, call it down here, down here in the South, Bill, we call those little box trailers that, like, you could put a Harley in. We call those utility trailers. All right. So he had told me that over a period of a couple of days, they'd be in this utility trailer and feel it, like, rocked or moved and were like, what the heck is that? You know, but nothing came of it. And then uh, one day later... Uh, he told me that this barn they had had a sliding rail door on it. You know the wheels that roll along a track? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the top rolled, but the bottom wasn't attached to anything. You could just swing it out if you muscled it. And he said they had had some, uh, they had some uh, uh, animals in the barn, you know, chickens, uh, rabbits. And some stuff had been missing, but they weren't quite able to make a decision as to the how and the why. Anyway, they were outside one night and heard what sounded like this barn door slam, which I guess meant wood on wood, you know, bang. Right, right. And they had some chintzy little flashlight, came around back by the door, and the woods was very close on their property. I think he said maybe 15 yards, and you were in the woods. And he saw something standing up there that was immediately illuminated by even this cheapo flashlight. Its uh, eyes were glowing green, and they stood there like in a standoff. Then he said that it booked, it took off running. He actually said running away Mm. from them into the woods, stopped, came back at them, Ran up to the bramble, kind of huffed, like, you know, and then they said, let's get the heck out of here, and they split. Mm. Uh, I asked him how high off the ground he felt that the eye was, the eye shine, and he said seven to eight feet. But now, as, as I'm talking to Scott, his mother 
believe she saw a Bigfoot run across. They moved to the Olympic Peninsula. That's where they live now. Okay. His mother believes she saw a Bigfoot run across in front of her car uh, a couple of months ago. His father-in-law, while bugling for elk, had two different Bigfoots howl in opposite directions of each other one day. And then a guy he works with, and I won't tell you where because it would give him up, uh, said he was fishing and said he had a full-on encounter with a Bigfoot with matted, crusty hair, uh, the whole Megilla. So they got stuff going on all over the place up there, brother, if you just talk to the people and, and let them air it out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Definitely the hotbed. Unbelievable, man. But uh, I got a encounter here. I think you're going to get a kick out of. And I'm going to ask everybody to pay attention to the details in here. Now, some people may say, come on, get on with the Bigfoot. But the details, man, lay out a lot of significant data, uh, particularly when in comparison to other accounts. So, This particular sighting was brought to my attention by a guy named Henry Mays, a a former resident of Westchester, New York, right near my home turf here. And this is what Henry had to say. I have to be honest with you, Bill, that this almost didn't happen. There was a time in my life when I wouldn't consider sharing what I saw that day with you or anyone else. But the older I get, the less and less I care about what anyone thinks. Sound familiar, folks? And so here I am on the phone with you. Anyway, it was June in 1962 when I went to the Glen. Now, he's talking about Watkins Glen, upstate New York. When I went to the Glen, as it was then known, to watch the Glen Classic Sports Car Road Races. This was the Sports Car Club of America main event at the time. And I made it my business to be there as often as I could. At that time, I was the owner of a Jaguar drophead coupe that wasn't involved in the race. I was strictly an enthusiast and a spectator of the events that weekend. At the time, this track was a fairly new 2.3-mile closed-circuit road course. And if you liked sports cars, crowds, and fun, this would be the place to be. In spite of my fancy for sports cars, Watkins Glen had a lot of interesting things to do and was a great place to spend a week or two on vacation, which typically I myself did. Just to give you an idea about what I'm talking about, they actually had organized archery with targets to shoot, a private tract of land that was stocked with small game for archers to hunt on. They had just built the new Watkins Glen golf course, nine holes of great golf, to the north of Lake Seneca. And they also had this grand old wooden lake boat that would pick up passengers on the hour and take them on a tour of Seneca Lake. It was really quite extraordinary. 
Then there was the glen itself, located right in the middle of the village. It's a series of streams and falls, which meander through a mile-long gorge that in many areas has been set up with walkways and even night spotlighting for your enjoyment. Then there is the place where my sighting had occurred. There is a spot just below a small waterfall in a place called Catherine Creek, where whenever I was there, I used to cast a fly. This little waterfall appeared like it was emerging from a stack of slate slabs and dropped into a beautiful little pool with the creek traveling away from it. Now, usually there would be a line of men fishing along the creek. But on the day I was there, it was drizzling slightly, and there was nobody around but me. I had been casting the fly, working this pool, when I decided to walk downstream a little bit in pursuit of some better fishing. It was then, as I was standing on one side of the creek, that I swore I saw something moving around in the bushes on the other side. But it moved so quickly that I wasn't sure what I had seen. Just a few moments later, the upper half of an enormous black fur-covered body was standing diagonally to me on the other side, looking directly at me. I couldn't believe my eyes, yet there it was. If I didn't know any better, I would have told you it was a giant gorilla though the reality was that it didn't look like a gorilla. It was much too tall and stood very erect. It just stood there, kind of swaying back and forth, looking at me, and it was in no way trying to hide from my view. I remember that it kept playing with the leaves on a branch next to it as it was swaying. It appeared, as we used to say many years ago, that it had ants in its pants. In other words, it looked nervous. I would also add something that I hadn't really thought much about until many years later, which is that the creature, which I now know was a Bigfoot, had breasts. So I believe that what I was seeing at the time was, in fact, a female. The other thing was this. I've heard of others describing a weightlifter type of physique, but what I saw was nothing of the sort. At the waist, this Bigfoot was maybe three feet wide and maintained that width throughout the entire chest. Of course, the shoulders were marginally wider, which they would be. And although it didn't appear fat, it didn't look particularly virile either kind of like when you see a bear walking. Now, please, don't get me wrong. This thing was maybe close to eight feet tall and had to have weighed a thousand pounds. I'm certain that such a beast has incredible strength and abilities. I'm just saying it didn't appear to be of superhero stature, if that makes any sense to you. I was face-to-face with it for almost five minutes, when it simply turned and walked away. 
The face also was the giveaway that it wasn't a gorilla. Because yes, it was big and hairy, but that's it. If anything, the face actually looked more human than it did ape. What do you make of that, Kev? That is crazy. I mean, Watkins Glen, and the way he described it is almost like a theme park. But well, uh, yeah, I believe that. I mean, Watkins Glen, famous uh, Formula One track, right? And sports car rallies, like when he's up there. And then, of course, it's a destination in the summertime. So, you yeah. know, I don't know if it's a theme park, but I'm sure they have other tourist attractions and stuff, you know, for families going up there. Yeah, I guess the point I'm driving is that on a nice day, which this wasn't, he said it was drizzling, uh, there would probably be hundreds and hundreds of people walking around these grounds. Yeah, well, especially during a sports car rally, right? Right, and and he's having a sighting, which either leads you to believe that this thing is generally around there, or it happened to mosey in there that day. But uh, they don't seem to be too detached from uh, humankind at this point. You know, yeah, they, no, uh, and that, that's a beautiful area too. I don't know if you've been up there, but it's spectacular. And Seneca Lake, Cayuga Lake, up there, beautiful area in upstate New York. Yeah, so plenty of place for them to live and eat and thrive. Oh yeah, very rural up there. Wow, that's very crazy. Rural. Yeah. And you, you know what it reminded me of, too, Kev, when I was thinking in those terms? You remember that uh, encounter we had at that place called Turner Falls? Mm, where the I guys, can't remember that one. Yeah, the guys went in to hike around, and it was a heavily traveled foot trail around there, with the falls being the uh, main spectacle of the park. And I think these guys had kind of gone in there like at off hours, like late in the day when everybody else was kind of leaving. And they had that sighting over there. And it reminded me of this Watkins Glen thing where they're in an area where there can generally be quite a few people. But when they were there, there was less. And that's when they had the sighting, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, really unusual, though, you know. Watkins Glen. What do you think? You think they're sitting in a tree watching the uh, Jags and Porsches race around? Watching the Jaguars. <laughs> they love that sound. You know, I mean, that was back when they were running open headers and V12s in Formula One, you know. Yeah. and nothing Probably like not v- big fans of the hybrid motors today. <laughs> I mean, if you growl I'm- like a railroad uh, diesel engine, you're not going to like hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping and praying F1 gets back to the old V10. Maybe. You know, I think the fan base wants it, and I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard uh, Vettel a couple of years ago on the radio. Remember how they used to put that? Well, they still do. They do that little squawk when you're watching. Oh, where they're talking to the pit and stuff like that? Yeah, and Vettel just barked out, Give me my V10 back! Yeah, <laughs> because his car, his he knew you could drive a V10, but this other car with the performance and whatnot just wasn't wasn't his cup of tea, if you will. Yeah, well, he gets a little angry at times too, old Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> He's got a little bit of a Bigfoot temper. 
Yeah. Have you seen the new pictures of him? Uh, I watched the race. I don't know about the pictures. Well, they show the pictures in the beginning. They all have their mug shot going along. I mean, his hair is messed up like he went through a wind tunnel. And then he's got this ratty-looking beard. He looks like he's a freaking panzer captain. (laughs) He's a Bigfoot. He's a Bigfoot. (laughs) Everybody else is trimmed up for the photo op. And he looks like he deliberately messed himself up for the photo op. <laughs> he may have. Uh, He's trying to take uh, after Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. I miss Kimi after his retirement. Yeah, the Iceman. <laughs> Even when he was happy, you couldn't tell. No. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, man. How do you think he'd be as the host of uh, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods? Boy, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to chat with him. He doesn't say much, though. That's right. We could actually we, say that we had Kimmy on here tonight. That's true, <laughs> and we hope you enjoyed him. Thanks a lot, Kimmy, for Thanks, being Kimmy. here. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. what do we got in our list of mail tonight, Kim? Yeah, we got some good listener mail. So the first mail comes in from Monica from Ontario, Canada. And I don't know if I mentioned it to the listeners, Bill, but I was up in Ontario and specifically in Ottawa, Canada about two weeks ago. Okay. So Monica, it's beautiful up there. It was a couple of Chamber of Commerce days while I was up there, but I didn't see any Bigfoot. And I didn't see anything in the sky, which is what Monica's going to talk about. Oh, okay. And she writes, hi, Bill. No mention of me, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Love your show. I've had a couple of UFO sightings since the ages of seven to eight. I'm 60 years old now. Mm -hmm. I'll be sending you my sightings in the near future. I promise I will send them in the next couple of weeks Really enjoy the podcast. Sending love from Ontario, Canada. Pretty cool, huh, Kev, how people come out of the woodwork. You know, I start talking about my new book on UFOs, and uh, now people are are bearing theirs with me. Well, and you also give them a hard time if they tell you they're going to call and they don't call. So I think think she's saying, I really am going to call. Don't get mad at me. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll it remains, see, Monica. Yeah, it remains to be seen. You know, we'll have to send the black-eyed kids out for a visit. Oh. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm talking Monica, about. Can we borrow your phone? Nothing Hi, Martha. To worry about. Yeah, Bill sent us Bill something sent about us. you contacting him. Maybe we can dial the phone for you. <laughs> 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 All right, and our next letter comes in from Judson from Vermont, the Green huh. Mountain State. Okay. And he says, WJ, I am praying for you and your wife. Praying not just for healing, but also for strength. I deeply enjoy your podcast and started to be a faithful listener since I discovered your show about eight months ago. Living in central Vermont, I grew up with the stories of Bigfoot that are in Whitehall, New York, and Hubberton, Vermont. Hmm. I have never had a sighting of the hairy man yet, but I have met those who have seen him. 
If you and KJ are ever in, <coughs> excuse me, if you and KJ are ever in the area again, let me know, and I will take you to some restaurants that if you leave there hungry, it's your own fault. Judson. Yeah, awesome. And Judson, first of all, thanks for chiming in with us, but I'd like to talk to you about what you've heard, and in particular your mention of this, what did he say, Kev, Hubberton? Hubberton, Vermont sighting. Yeah, i got to look that up. I don't remember reading about that. Of course I know Whitehall, New York. Yeah, because, you know, folks, many times people talk to me or, or Kev, uh, like we're the font of all wisdom when it comes to Bigfoot. And we are not. No, we're not. <laughs> and I've said this before. I claim no expert status at uh, of that which I speak. And I'm always open to hearing uh, bits and pieces from anyone and ev- everyone in regards of anything you have to talk about. So... Contact me. We'll get together. I'd love to talk with you and find out what you've heard. Maybe family members, friends, co-workers, and particularly what was going on in Hubberton. Uh, I've never heard the name before, uh, and I've had some accounts up in Vermont, but certainly uh, nowhere near all of the accounts that have happened up there. So chime in with us, and and thanks for... uh, Thanks for giving us uh, a knock on the door this week. Yeah, and Judson, I'm going to look it up. So uh, I'm going to look up and search around on some articles about Hubberton, Vermont. So I've been up there. I love it, as you've heard. If you've gotten any of those uh, podcast episodes, I love Vermont, love New Hampshire, love Maine, upstate New York, all beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, our next uh, email comes in from... Our field correspondent, Rick from Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw this video, Bill. Rick sent it in, and I hadn't seen it before. Um, But it where the the British uh, aerospace, you know, flight demonstration team, kind of like their version of the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels, was Mm -hmm. flying over Buckingham Palace with all the smoke on and that in formation during the Queen's Jubilee Parade, and this, like, little orb UFO appeared to be darting around through the smoke trail of these jets. Isn't that strange? It is wild. I mean, it doesn't look like uh, CGI. Like, it looks like it's this little tiny silver orb that's whipping around. And what is that? You know, is that like a game? Is it sampling exhaust? What, What is it doing? I don't know what it is, but and and of course this is very secure airspace, right during the Queen's Jubilee Parade. So I don't know what it is if it's some kind of weird reflection, but it certainly does not look that way. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and uh, I, Kev, you know I never want to fall prey in this day and age, uh, having my mind tainted uh, by CGI. I, yeah. I I recognize some CGI, but I don't want to be the guy uh, saying that everything is CGI because there's a ton of people out there doing that now. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just not good. Yeah. You mean a you know, ton of people are dismissing things? Yeah, lots of things. Yeah. Every, every, that's CGI, that's CGI, that's CGI. 
Uh, and before you know it, your mind can become uh, uh, hardened against just observing something for what it is, you know. And uh, that would be something real, not CGI. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you can't, you can't complain about not having pictures. And now that we have a lot of cameras around, uh, then uh, bitch and moan about everything being CGI uh, because there's so many pictures. I mean, come on. Yep. Make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, but that's weird, Kev. You're right. You don't just go flying around over where the king's out, uh, the queen's out marching around in her carriage. No, not during the jubilee. Yeah, I'm sure there were snipers around. There were probably some helicopters stationed off a few hundred yards in either direction. You know, I, I no, I, and the I'm airspace sh- is closed. You, you know, you can't come into it. Yeah, they would have vectored yeah. in at you. Yep. So I don't know what that is. I'm going to look into it some more. But again, Rick, you're always finding good stuff out there, being the Bigfoot Terry in the Woods field correspondent from Ohio. So thank you for sending that in. I'm going to look into it some more. Now, listen, Kev, imagine if we had a couple of hundred people like Rick from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I think we do. I'm They're just saying, there. though, but he is consistent and persistent. He is. He is. He's always beating the bushes and throwing us a bone somewhere about something or other. Yep. So good job, Rick. Definitely. Keep it coming. Yep. All right. And our last email tonight, Bill, comes in from Brad from Indiana. And Brad writes, KJ, it was nice to hear that you ventured through my lovely, although sometimes boring, home state of Indiana. Hmm. Yeah, I, I loved it, uh, Brad. I hadn't been up driving through Indiana from end to end like that in a long time, and it was beautiful when I was there. Hmm. We spent the night, uh, my son and I, in Evansville, Indiana. And, Bill, you remember what famous Yankee is from Evansville? Uh, let me take a guess. Mickey Mantle? No, Don Mattingly. Oh, really? Dandy Don, yeah. Where was Mickey from? He was a he was a farm boy. I want, maybe he was from like Nebraska or something. Yeah, I think I, I would guess like Nebraska or Kansas or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Brad says, "Did you gentlemen happen to catch the newest episode of Expedition Bigfoot?" Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. He said, <laughs> "I know the previous few episodes were a bit disappointing." But episode 12, by far, has been the best of season three. That thermal footage of whatever that was peering around from behind a tree and that red eye shine gave me the chills. Yeah. Keep up the great work, guys. And Bill, yeah, we hadn't talked about that yet. That was, you know, I, I, I've, I haven't been silent about the fact that I'm a bit disappointed with this season on that show. But that yeah. was pretty darn cool. Yeah, and uh, tell me that wasn't a slice of a Bigfoot sneaking in and out behind that tree. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a bear or a yeah. deer. Or a man. Yeah. I mean, as soon as, you see, as soon as you see that shape, that outline, yeah. you know what you're looking at. But then the weird thing is the thing just totally disappeared. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But see, weird. what you don't know, Kev... Did it duck back and hit the deck? Yeah, you're right. That could be. Could have hit the deck. 
Yeah, I mean, if that this thing just went down and laid flat, yep. end of the thermal to them, because they're not yep. looking at the ground or if it's down behind no, a log. there could be a little ledge there or something that it ducks behind. Yeah. Yep, yep. You're right. So, You're right, 100%. Uh, but the other thing was, if you've seen the little snip they threw out there of the final episode, they got a hairy man on camera. Oh, I I don't remember seeing that. Well, you, you didn't see it yet. It's going to be oh. in the last episode. Oh, no, but I thought it was in the coming attractions or something. It was, just like a brief snippet. Oh, okay. Maybe my re- I was watching it recorded, so maybe it cut off early. Sometimes it does that. Oh, uh, could be, could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah so lo- that's an episode you don't want to admit, uh, miss, man. Because okay, I, cool. th- I think they finally freaking nailed it. Not that they didn't nail it already. Yeah. Uh, but we'll check amazing. It out for sure. Yeah, no, very good. And those tree structures, they running yeah, across. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm like with, what's her name? Mar- Mar- Mariah or whatever? Uh, the doctor? Uh, the Mar- good doctor? Maria Mayor. Maria Mayor. I'm a little bit yeah. more like her. Like, I, it takes a little more to convince me. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. And she was a little convinced in that episode. Yeah, but they had another tree structure they found recently. Oh, I know. I know. And it was a real big one, and both of them were in agreement that it reminded them a lot of a uh, tree structure they had found in Washington. Exactly. Exactly. So, so to be continued. Yeah. All right, Bill. Well, that's a great podcast tonight. And, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you mu- so much for sharing your thoughts, not only through listener email, But also, when you give us those five-star reviews with a little written blurb with it, those five-star reviews are so important because it's virtually the only means we have of getting the word out on our podcast. When you give us a five-star review, that allows us to come up much earlier in the search for when people are looking for uh, podcasts about the hairy man and cryptids and other oddities. Mm Mm-hmm. And, Kev, great job with that uh, pale Corolla or the rake. What a creep fest that was. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Uh, and, folks, listen. If you should find yourself hiking around the woods in, let's just say, Hubberton, Vermont, you better remember one thing. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight. <laughs>